This episode of Commentary, Trek Stars, is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hi, this is Garrett Wong. I played Ensign Harry Kim on Voyager, and you're listening to Trek FM. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 25 of Commentary, Trek Stars, a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. I'm Mike. I'm Max. And today we are doing a little bit of a, uh, a supplement, a catch-up on, uh, on a, a creator which we covered uh, about um, a year ago. Captain's Log Supplemental. There you go. Brandon Braga, who of course created... Enterprise, along with Rick Berman, and also created the hit show Flash Forward, has created a new show. He was also involved with Cosmos. He was involved, but we we looked at the shows that he created. Yeah. And uh, now he's created his third show. And that show is Salem. Yeah. Which is on WGN America. Which is apparently a thing now. Yeah, it's been a thing for a while. But we've never had it here in Chicago because WGN is a local channel. Yeah. And since it's a local channel, we don't get WGN America, at least not on cable. And because we don't get WGN America, we had to watch Salem on iTunes, even though it's from a Chicago-based company. And, uh, yes, this is a show he co-created with uh, a guy named Adam Simon. Yeah. And it is about... Witches. There's no such thing as witches. Maybe, maybe not. So, uh, Max, you want to give sort of a uh, a synopsis of, of what this show is? Sure. Um, we've all seen Salem Witch Trial movies, movies set during that period. Um, I've seen many, many comedy sketches set during the Salem Witch Trials. And uh, this move, this show is very sort of in that mold of using the Salem Witch Trials as a metaphor for essentially any sort of paranoia. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the witch panic is in the show used to manipulate the population into supporting uh, the oppression of people who oppose actual witches. Who are pulling the strings behind the scenes? So the moral of the story is: if you're going to have a witch hunt, really work, get really good intelligence. Have lots of people monitoring the intelligence. Don't rely on any one person for secrecy. Have an entire organization to record everything everyone does all the time. Because what if the people making the decisions about witches are actually witches? Okay. You need some system within the system in order to execute members of the system that are working against it. This is a show that makes a point about witch hunts. Mm-hmm. It makes a dumb point about witch hunts. Okay. What, what do you think the point about witch hunts that it's making is? Evil finds power. Uh-huh. Evil finds power and uses power. And you should be suspicious of people who crave power. Okay. But it also says... 
there are good people. In order to do good, they have to have power. Because if they don't, they're not going to be able to do anything. All right. So, so yes, yes, it, it is interesting, and this is something which uh, some people early on were rather critical about when they heard of the concept of the show in that, you know, it's it deals with uh, Salem and the Salem Witch Trials back in 1685, and uh, it actually has some historical figures in yeah. the show, and yet instead of saying that, you know, the Salem Witch Hunts were what they've come to be known as, you know, instead of saying that, they're saying that these are actual witch hunts and there are actual witches. And um, some people are saying, hey, that's not cool because this was actually a, you know, really big deal in the the history of, of America, in the forming of the nation and, and whatnot. And this is not, not something which should be, Turned into a a monster show. Yeah, it's certainly one of the the the, the bad parts in American history. That's right. So people try to avoid recreating. So, um, what were your thoughts on the show in general? Wow, this show wants to be Game of Thrones. It wants it so bad, so bad. It will make any deal that it has to make in order to be Game of Thrones. And of course, the dark force that they're making a deal with is um, sensationalistic, over-sexualized, over-violent fiction in order to bring in an audience and to justify the sensationalistic elements. They create a claim to legitimacy and literacy that is not really earned. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely did not hate it as much as you. Um, I mean, I don't think that it was extraordinarily compelling or anything like that. Like, I don't feel the need to watch the second episode right away, although if someone were to say you have to watch the second episode, I wouldn't be opposed to that. It's just that, you know, when it comes to TV watching, watching time is, is precious for me, and I really have to pick and choose what it is I watch. Because, like, for example, I've, I've never seen Game of Thrones. And I feel like I would be better off watching the first episode of that before watching the second episode of Salem. However, um, I have to say that, uh, you know, I was a little suspicious myself of the premise of this show. Because even though I found it to be rather enjoyable, um, there was sort of that thing in the back of my mind the whole time. Which is like, are they downplaying this, you know, rather significant historical event um, in order to basically just tell a monster story. And that kind of bothered me up until really the very last scene of the the show where, you know, they kind of like set up what I think is, you know, the direction that they're they're planning on going in with this show where the the main witch is like you know, and I mean, this is something which is throughout the episode where, you know, the witch hunts are, you know, they do go after people who aren't witches, you know? Sure. They, and there the is witch that, hunt that is, is, is being manipulated by people with power. Right. And they're yeah. witches. Yeah. And, and, and what I kind of thought about, and I could be crazy for thinking this, maybe, maybe not, but in the same way that uh, the, the play, The Crucible, was designed to be a commentary on the state of the U.S. at the time it was written, and it was supposed to be, you know, make be making parallels to the Red Scare and and all that stuff. Is it possible that 
this show is trying to do the same thing for modern day America. And that maybe what it's trying to do is say, you know, look, you know, terrorism being what it is, you know, we are performing witch hunts now and uh, there are evil forces at play and what they're doing is basically using our paranoia to destroy us from the inside. And, you know, I mean, I, I think I'm okay with them doing that. I don't know. What do you think? Lots of different people have dealt with the idea of actual witches being in Salem, Massachusetts yeah. during the witch hunts. It's not a new idea. Like this show is trying to make a point about how power can be manipulated for evil purposes. And that honestly, like people have tried a million ways of making this work. But there really is no way of avoiding the basic issue that the problem isn't the people behind it, it's the power. Mm -hmm. And the show basically doesn't seem ready to accept that. Like, they really, really want there to be a morally justifiable usage for this power. And honestly, to me, that sounds like every rationalizing present-day politician... Uh, afraid to face the reality that just having the power is the problem. So rationalization, people do it, and it's um, it's stupid. Historically, every time the power to control everything has been given, uh, it's the power that's the problem. I mean, like the Phantom Menace makes it wrong. It, like it gets it wrong. It's like yes, let's give let's give this one guy all of this power and authority. Um, unfortunately, he's evil. It it historically never works that way. I mean, Shakespeare knew it didn't work that way. I mean, that's why, you know, like, they kill Caesar. It doesn't matter how good he is. The power is the problem. So, so what do you think about the, uh, the general style of, of the, the show? Um, I, I was kind of surprised because, I mean, this is the first show by WGN America. And since we apparently don't get WGN America here in the in Chicago, I didn't really know what that meant. And I don't think anyone know what, knew what it meant. But it's basically, they seem to be taking the sort of FX route. I know this show was originally developed for FX. But I was watching it and I was kind of surprised by the amount of violence and the amount of sex in, in the thing. Like there's straight up R-rated sex in this, but there's no nudity or at least no full frontal nudity, so it's like, okay, well, it's all good. They're also allowed to use some of the uh, um, PG-13 level uh, um, curse words, and it, it seemed uh, kind of like a strange hybrid between like something which is very inappropriate for children and yet still couldn't go so far as to show a nipple. You know what I mean? What, what did you think about that? You gotta watch Game of Thrones. Well, like I know every but... every every scene in this in this show like seemed very obviously like we are trying to do what they do in order to get the attention of people who like that show. Okay, and everything about that, like the violence and the sex, all of it, it feels obviously like somebody trying to get away with as being as much like Game of Thrones as they possibly can be within the confines of the system that they are currently in. Yeah. It's weird. It was almost like taking that, that Game of Thrones 
level violence and sort of trying to cram it into like a CW show. Game of Thrones has a weirdly widely variable level of violence. There are episodes where basically no one gets killed, no one gets stabbed, no one bleeds. And there are episodes where uh, there's not a single boob, but there's like a dozen decapitations and a whole bunch of people get strangled and like lots of people's throats get ripped out. Lots of weird, widely variable levels of violence and sex in that show. In the first episode of Salem, they tried to do everything. Mm-hmm. They were trying to tick all of the necessary boxes. And it comes off as desperation. It comes off as, as sad. Like a show trying to tick the boxes. When you see the show trying to tick the boxes, it gets embarrassing. Now, Braga co-created this show with a guy named Adam Simon, who is a writer of numerous things. Most notably, Carnosaur, Bones, and The Haunting in Connecticut. I've never seen Carnosaur. Uh, I have seen Bones, and while I think it's bad, I do enjoy it for its cheesiness. And I've never seen The Haunting in Connecticut, but I know that you're a fan. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So how how do you think this uh, stacks up to his other works? I don't remember much about Bones, aside from not liking it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the first one? Carnosaur. Carnosaur. I've not seen that. I have no idea what that is. I just. I mean, this is doesn't doesn't seem. Oh, oh wait! I just realized he plays himself in the player. Like Adam Simon is coming in. He wants to pitch it, and he's the guy. He's the guy who he's like running around in the first shot, trying to pitch his story, and then he comes in. and He's like, find out how Adam Simon got on the lot. Interesting. Okay, cool. Hey, if you haven't seen The Player, check out The Player. Yeah. One of the best movies ever made. Okay, that's way crazy. It's not one of the best movies ever made. It's definitely... Top 25 for me, easily. Anyway, so... It's, it's, it's the best movie by that director. Yes. So, so getting back to Haunting in Connecticut, I'm sorry. Anybody talking in Connecticut? Haunting in Connecticut. Okay. You're a fan of Haunting in Connecticut? Sure, it's well. It's good. It's, um, it's much better than it should be. You see any similarities between this and Haunting in Connecticut? Both of them take place in New England? Both of them take place in New England. There are supernatural forces in both of them. Haunting in Connecticut has a kind of... Um, it's a very sophisticated view of supernatural forces. It's very intelligent and clever. And it's it makes it it makes connections between reality and the supernatural that are not like wildly original, but very intelligently handled. So far in Salem, I am not seeing any evidence of that. There's actually an astonishing amount of silliness with the way they handle the supernatural. Well, let's talk about how Salem fits into Brandon Braga's career as a TV show creator. This is his third creation after Mm -hmm. Enterprise and Flash Forward. Uh, How do you think it stacks up to those other two shows? Oh, against those two shows? Mm -hmm. Really, really well. (laughs) You think it's better than Enterprise even? Um, By the end, yes. Salem, the first episode of Salem, despite not being good, is definitely better than what Enterprise ended up. Well, let's take a look at the pilots, then. The three pilots. Okay, then Enterprise is the best. Uh Uh-huh. 
Flash Forward would be second. Yes. And Salem would be third. I'd agree with but that. But by the end of the show, I think I, I think you have to give it to Flash Forward so far. No. <laughs> Flash I mean, Forward is definitely better than Enterprise. That's that's ridiculous. And it's still terrible. But season three and four of Enterprise utterly ruined the show. Yeah, I mean, I totally disagree with that, and um, I definitely think that Enterprise is the best of the three. And in terms of the pilots, I would say Enterprise is the best of the three, although I do really like the the pilot for Flash Forward. Um, It was just the rest of the series that kind (laughs) of didn't work. And this pilot, I was okay with. I mean, I can't say that I disliked it. And and I guess if you you take it on to the, the shows on the whole as they exist so far, I would put this in between um flash forward and enterprise uh even though enterprise start or flash forward started off a lot better uh knowing where it went there's definitely more you mean nowhere <laughs> yeah there's definitely more potential for salem uh i don't necessarily know if it's going to go to good places but it uh, that definitely has the opportunity to go to good places well sure that's yeah. true of a lot of things, mm-hmm. like Enterprise until season three. Yeah, I, I, I disagree with that, but uh, it's an argument for another time, I guess. It's also kind of interesting that, that this show is airing on the same night as Brandon Braga's other current television show, Cosmos, a space-time mm-hmm. odyssey. Um, have you been keeping up with Cosmos? Yeah. Yeah. I've still only watched the first episode all the way through. How do you think that Salem stacks up to Cosmos? Not well. <laughs> okay. It is interesting. Look, Salem is not a good show so far. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I, I would say it's an okay show, but okay. regardless. Um, I I think there's a significant there's a significant number of problems with the show as, as a whole, and it's got some serious... Conceptual problems, some serious missteps, um, obviously occurred early on. That said, like you, even a, a flawed concept can be repaired over time. Like this idea that there are witches guiding the Salem witch trial, like some people might think that that's clever, but it's been done, and this version of it is kind of stupid. But it could easily go someplace new and interesting over time. But if I believed that that was a likely thing to occur, then I would not be rationally looking at history of TV shows and movies. That would be overly optimistic and naive. Well, how do you, I mean, that's, that's good. But how do you think it stacks up to Cosmos? I mean, I know you said not well, but I mean, how do you think that, that the Cosmos-Salem double feature plays out? generally speaking. Well, I think it's a, as a double feature, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay. So, um, it's not a question of it being like a good or a bad double feature. It's a question of it being a double feature that doesn't mean anything. It's, I mean, it might as well just be random. So I, I like the look, Salem is a dramatic show with has, which has a lot of bizarre high concept ideas. Cosmos is a show that is all high-concept ideas, except they're all ideas from scientists and history and extremely well-researched. And Salem is researched, 
But then it's it's then, altering it's altering what we know instead of being all about what we know. Any final thoughts on the first episode of Salem? If you don't have empathic embarrassment, then you'll probably not have a problem with the silliness of the show. But while watching this pilot, I I felt embarrassed for the people who made it. Okay. I mean, maybe it's because I haven't seen Game of Thrones, um, but I did not really feel embarrassed for the people who made it. Um, I definitely think that uh, it does have potential to do something interesting. Um, I was not uh, bored while watching it. and uh, I would agree with that until like the last five minutes when suddenly it felt like it was going on forever. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I didn't I didn't really get that impression. But I, I, I wasn't exactly compelled by it either. So um, will I watch an, the next episode? Probably not, but that has more to do with um, time than, than interest. So, and also the fact that it doesn't air in my city. So, yeah, on the whole, I would, I would recommend Salem. You know, if you're looking for something to watch, go with that. You know, I personally have a lot of other things which I'm more interested in watching, but... Uh, well, why not recommend those things? I mean, I can, yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's what I always think. I, I'm not going to recommend something that I know isn't as good as other things people haven't seen. Okay. Like, it's just, it's just not good enough to tell you, try it. It's prob- it's prob- you could probably do better. It's not hard to find something better. Okay. Then I would recommend watching The Player. Okay. With Adam Simon. He's in the very first shot. It is pretty amazing. It is one of the best films ever made. It stars stars Whoopi Goldberg. It stars Whoopi Goldberg. She's one of she's, she's one of the, the people, main character. She's one the of the people who doesn't play herself. So check that out. The player. It's excellent. It's pretty funny. It's excellent. It's all right. Okay. Well, it was fun talking about Salem this week, uh, but that's not all that we're talking about here on Trek FM, so here's a look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. Dr. McCoy with Larry Nimitzak. But, you know, when everybody else had their Kirk shirt or their Spock shirt, like the first uniform I had my mom make me was a McCoy uniform, of course. Earl Grey. The 7-7 Challenge. Did you know that Tim Russ was one of the possible choices for Commander Joy Lee But did you know he was also in Star Trek Generations? But did you know he was also served with Captain Sulu on board the Excelsior? I did know that, in fact. The Orb. Our Man Bashir Commentary. <laughs> I love Avery. <laughs> Tell me what happens next. <laughs> And the look, the look up at an angle. He's yes. not even looking at Bashir. He's no. looking up at the angle. Tell me it's... what happens next. The ready room. Spectre of the gun. They just, they're so quick to jump to conclusions. Like the guy gets shot in front of them and they're like, death is the only thing that's real on this planet. And they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> How do you know that? That could just be a total figment of your imagination as well. To the journey. Favorite Sun Commentary. Yeah, Janeway is... Uh, you better get more coffee, sweetie. It's going to be a long day. Ensign Kim is going to put you through some hell. Warp 5. Alternate Outcomes of the Zindi Crisis. But inter- the Enterprise is heavily damaged. We're talking practically destroyed. Everything but a shell. Maybe the saucer section is the only thing that's still around. 
and 80% of the crew dies. Commentary, Trek stars. Rick Berman and Star Trek. He's kind of a moving target, so he found some dimensionality. He made it into a cube, yeah. and so he was able to move things around in there. A Borg cube. Mm. <laughs> Continuing mission. Star Trek Equinox. John Savage actually came up with the premise for the story, but they needed somebody to flesh it out, to develop it. And so they sent me John's premise, and I just, well, it expanded into the script for the project that we're doing. Melodic Treks. The Borg in Music. In when when they released it as a Blu-ray, and they combined them. They connected yeah. them, and there's the no features. delay. There's they, they cut off that music, and then it's just like, oh, that didn't work. Literary treks. Rise of the Federation, Tower of Babel. Saval talks about this idea that you know people mutually consent to abide by these rules for their collective benefit. The idea that you know a- absolute unfettered freedom is just a ridiculous idea. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows. You can find them on iTunes, on our new uh, iTunes artist page on Trek FM. If you go to iTunes.com slash Trek FM, they're all right there. You can also go to Trek.FM and find them. You can download them directly. Just go to PD for, uh, Trek.FM slash PD for podcast directory. You can also find these shows on Stitcher and uh, on the Windows uh, platforms, TuneIn and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, check them out. They're great. Okay, so, so like we were saying, this isn't the first time that the Salem Witch Trials were uh, used as uh, a storytelling device. Um, probably most famously, definitely most famously, there was Arthur Miller's The Crucible. And you can get a dramatic telling of The Crucible for free on audible.com. Uh, since you are a listener to Trek FM. Here's, here's the, the description uh, for, for those people who may not be familiar. In the rigid theocracy of Salem, Massachusetts, rumors that women are practicing witchcraft galvanize the town. In the ruthlessness of the prosecutors and the eagerness of neighbor to testify against neighbor, the crucible mirrors the anti-communist hysteria in the 1950s. And, you know, this was written by Arthur Miller, like I said, and it's, it's performed by a full cast of people, including Stacy Keach, Richard Dreyfuss, um, and others. Full cast. Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> of Star Trek Voyager fame. Yes. Hector Elizondo, um, and, and more. So definitely... Check that out on audible.com. You can get it for free since you listen to our show. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and you can sign up today. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from. You can get new books. You can get old books. You can get Star Trek books. You can get non-Star Trek books. You can really get whatever you're looking for there. Except ice cream. So check it out. Check it out for sure. That ice cream might be there all the time. Audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Sign up today. Well, that's it for this week. 
Um, next week, we will be back for our third season finale, our Best of Both Worlds Part 1, in which we are going to be doing something a little different. We're going to have a bunch of people from around the network on the show to try to determine which four faces should be put on the Mount Rushmore of Star Trek. Until then, you can find us right here on Trek.fm, or you can find us on CommentaryTrackStars.com, where we do Commentary Track Stars off-topic with our friend Brandon. You can also find me doing Standard Orbit right here on Trek.fm, and you can find us on Twitter at ComTrackStars, or email us at ComTrackStars at gmail.com. All right. So we're all caught up now with Brandon Braga. I know we still need to catch up a little bit on uh, Damon Lindelof. And aside from that, I think we're all caught up on everything. So sooner or later, we'll get around to to Damon Lindelof's movies. But for now... Well, he's pretty hot right now. Anytime we, we catch up, we're going to be behind again. So. Yes. So like Lindelof will be a constant. Or we could just stop trying to stay caught up. Well, I mean, so far we this is the only effort that we've ever made to stay caught up. So yeah, I think we should stick with dead people. <laughs> yeah, well, I, th- I think there's some living people which are probably worth talking about too. Well. So yes, until next week, we will see you later. Mm-hmm.